Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step-by-step step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. Hey, my friends, my name is Rick Mulready, and I'm an online business coach. I'm an ads expert, and I'm all about helping online course creators and coaches make more money in their business while working fewer hours. But most importantly, I'm a father and I'm a husband. With this podcast, you're going to learn exactly how to become what we here call the optimized CEO of your business. And that means you're optimizing your sales and marketing, your time, and your mindset so that you can have more freedom, a bigger impact, and make more money. So grab a coffee, open up your favorite notes app. This is the Art of Online Business Podcast. All right. What's up, my friends? Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number 538 here on the show, and I'm introducing a new, we'll call it a segment, a new type of episode that this is the very first one, and I'm calling it, What Would Rick Do? So if you're listening right now and you want to submit something for me to cover on the epi on the podcast here as a What Would Rick Do, WWRD, then uh, shoot us an email support at rickmulready.com and uh, give us your scenario. Give us your, give us your question. And what I wanted to do for you today is kind of do a membership Q and a, um, and share with you some situations that have come up in my accelerator coaching program and share with you what I would do if this were my business what do I recommend that you do? What would what would I do in this situation? Okay, and I've got, uh, let's see here, about six different scenarios. And we're gonna talk about a few different things here. So like Facebook ads for a membership, how to increase a lifetime customer value um, for a membership, um, hiring locally versus overseas, um, how to get more podcast downloads, talk through a situation of hiring an executive assistant. So as you can see here, we're kind of all over the place, but these are the types of questions that 
we are talking about inside of our accelerator coaching program. Um, and so if you're interested in learning more and applying for my accelerator coaching program, this is a higher level program, meaning your business is a bit more more mature. You're a bit more advanced in your business. You're doing minimum seven to eight K per month in revenue from your online business. And you're looking to create more profit, a bigger impact without all the hustle, with less hustle. That's what we do inside of Accelerator. It's one-on-one coaching, group coaching, and a mastermind experience all wrapped up into one, uh, if I do say so myself, amazing um, program. So if you want to learn more and apply, it's application only. Again, go to rickmulready.com forward slash Accelerator. All right, so the first situation here, the first scenario, we'll call it, um, is what should an offer look like for a membership, okay? And so uh, this person here has a really successful um, membership and they have not run ads to get people to get into the membership for a while, right? So this is Evergreen. And the last time this person ran ads was about a year ago. So in early part-ish of 2020, okay? And so they were wondering, what should an offer look like to get people into the membership? What should the funnel look like, if you will? Um, So for example, a couple of ideas that this person threw around was like doing sort of a uh, a one-off discounted course that you can get in the membership, but also you can get uh, as a standalone offer, standalone product. Uh, So maybe like a one-off discounted course with an upsell into the membership was one idea this person had, or maybe, you know, do the, the whole, what I I really like the strategy of price anchoring a, a course and a membership, right? So it's like, you can buy this course right now for $497, or you can join the membership for just $47 um, a month and get all of this stuff, that sort of thing. I talked about that in a recent episode here. Um, So that was another thing. It's like, they could use the course, quote unquote, against the membership um, and get it, you know, get it for a certain price, or you can get the course for free. And then all these other, amazing programs and lessons inside the membership um, for this for just one low price, okay? So here's how I would approach this. So this is, you have a membership, it, you know, it's a successful membership, but now you wanna get people into it on an evergreen basis. The first thing that I would look at and I would advise is number one, you've got to be patient. You have to be willing to test. Because especially with this specific scenario of this particular accelerator member, they have tons of content. They have tons of lead magnets they could use. And so what they ran last year from a Facebook ads perspective is they ran an ad to a small offer, right? I don't remember which one it was, like how much it was, like $29 or something like that. And it worked really well. Number one, uh, selling that small offer and then uh, getting people into making the offer into the membership, right? But that's that's last year, right? Facebook uh, Facebook ads are very different right now 
as they were than they were last year. Very different. With that said, the offer converted really, really well last year. So I would give it a test. I would test that again. Um, the audiences are pretty dialed in for this person. You know, this offer does convert. So why not test it again and just see what happens? I would also, and so by the way, it, so that would be add to a small offer. And then on the, um, on the, then on the thank you page, you could, or it, when they, when they take you, when they, um, when they purchase the, the small offer there, you could upsell them into the membership. Okay. So that offer works really well. I would test that. Absolutely. The other thing that I would do is I would be using uh, multiple lead magnets because when somebody comes into this membership, they're coming in at different levels, say like a beginner, more advanced or what have you. And so I'd be creating lead magnets for each experience level to attract that specific type of person or at that level and give them offer them a lead magnet for free that is going to give them a quick win. And again, this person already has a ton of lead magnets to choose from, so it's it's not a case of oh, I have to go create all these other, you know, the, all these new lead magnets. No, it's just like, all right, let's leverage and repurpose what we already have, right? And so again, this is where the testing comes in. Number 1, I'd be creating different lead magnets for different experience levels of the membership because the membership serves all the experience levels. And then here's where really the testing comes in. And that is I could make, a, I would make a small offer, excuse me, a special offer into the membership. Um, so again, it's a special offer. So maybe it's like a dollar for the first 30 days or two free weeks or whatever it might be. Or maybe it's one free month or whatever it is. I like, I'd rather see somebody do like a $1 for 30 days um, on the thank you page of that lead magnet. And then if they don't take you up on that upsell into the membership, then I would put them into an email marketing sequence. Again, uh, nurturing them, more content, you know, building that no like, and trust factor, that relationship, and then continuing to offer, uh, make a special offer into the membership. Now it would be a different special offer than what you offered on that thank you page. Cause again, because that's a one-time special offer, right? And so, so yeah, for those who don't purchase, um, email nurture sequence, you are always leading to that membership. And so in this particular business, it's all roads lead to the membership, all roads lead to the membership because number one, it's an amazing membership. It's an amazing brand that this person's created and a whole bunch of content, but it's all about all roads lead to uh, the membership. Okay. And so a lot of different factors and different things you can be testing here, which is exactly what I would do. The other thing that uh, I would absolutely do that is necessary in all this is track everything. I know it sounds like a broken record. I'm always talking about tracking everything got to be tracking everything here. You know, what campaign did we test? What special offer did we test? What are our conversion rates? What are our, uh, opt-in rates? What are, what's the traffic? What's the, you know, how many people landed on the, uh, on the offer page, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. It's simply a matter of testing different front door offers, if you will, both free in the sense of a lead magnet or multiple lead magnets. So you could be running ads, you could be leveraging, 
your uh, content strategy, whether it's you know Instagram or YouTube or email or whatever it might be, all leading to segmentation of the experience level. And then based on that experience level, serving relevant content to that person, leading them into the membership. And then you can also test out different paid versions as well. Again, this is the long game. This is tracking everything, what you're testing, how things are converting. And then once you find something or a few different things that work, that's where you double down, right? It's the whole do more of what's working. Okay. So that's the first scenario. All right. The second scenario, this was a really interesting uh, one that came up in um, in a recent uh, hot seat. And by the way, I have all these people's permissions to use their scenarios, but I'm leaving it anonymous out of respect to them. Okay. So the second scenario was this person was looking to increase the value of current customers more than trying to acquire new customers. So how do we increase the lifetime customer value of our existing customers rather than, you know, having to go out and get a whole bunch of um, new, new, uh, new customers. Now, this person also knows that going out to acquire new customers is really, it is really cost effective for this person, um, very inexpensive and it does work, but they wanted to know, remember it's cheaper to, to, um, keep a customer and increase the value of an existing customer than it is to go out and, um, and to, you know, acquire new customers. So the first thing that came up in this scenario was that there was almost, it was a mindset thing. And if you've been listening to me for any period of time, I talk, you know, I talk all about mindset. 80% of your mindset, as I point to my temples right now, I always do that when I say this. 80%, I think, of the success of your business is based on your mindset. And so this was a perfect example is this person didn't want other people to think that they were greedy if they introduced a higher, um, uh, a higher fee for their membership. So this is a membership scenario. They were already charging a very modest monthly fee for the membership, but the mindset of, I don't want people to think I'm greedy for increasing that slightly. Like we're talking very inexpensive, um, but yet there was still a twinge of, is actually more than a twinge of, guilt and thinking like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm I'm greedy by wanting to increase the price of this. And again, we're not talking about going from like $100 to like $200 a month. We're talking very inexpensive already. So in this sort of situation, I went, I, that that was a big red flag for me. So it's like, okay, let's take a step back a little bit from the the question, the original question of how do I increase the value of current customers? We we immediately have a mindset challenge around, you know, it's not good or I don't want people to think I'm greedy by wanting to increase the monthly fee for a little bit or for a little um, a little increase, right? And so what that did was led me to digging a little bit deeper. And what came as a result of that digging is very common 
is that that's when the real issue is uncovered. Because we often ask a question and then the real answer to it or what the person is wanting to know, I should say, is very, very different than what the question's actually being asked. And I think that that is, frankly, one of my gifts in that I'm able to uncover that by asking the right questions. And so my goal, for example, is to help you uncover the the real thing or things, if you will, that's holding you back, right? And so the next, so as we start to dig into it and the situation here, it turned out that there were two different level of audiences in this program. And when we have that, it makes, you know, it makes messaging that much more challenging. And also from a content creation standpoint, if you're wanting to attract both of those different levels, quote unquote, of people, you're almost having to do double the content, right? Because you got to speak to this audience over here and then this audience over here. And so I asked what percentage of members, what was the breakdown, right? Between these two different levels. And immediately my brain's thinking 80-20, right? Because I'm always thinking 80-20. I was pretty close. The answer was 70-30. of the audience were just a very different type of audience and they had the lowest churn in the membership. And they were also the bigger, the biggest uh, cheerleaders and evangelists of the program, right? And so this person was like, well, you know, there's that fear, right? Of they knew the answer <laughs> at this point. And, but it's also hard to really wrap our heads around it when it's like, wait, I need to shift focus and shift messaging from this level, quote unquote, of person in the membership, which they love. They love this level. However, that 30% had the highest churn, um, you know, the more, quote unquote, beginner style questions, which is nothing wrong with it. But this person was really, really enjoying that the level of conversation, if you will, of the 70% of people. And then also, as we were talking about that, this person said, oh yeah, I'm also super comfortable raising the price for that 70% group of people because it is a more quote unquote advanced audience. And so where I went right with that is like, well, this is a no brainer, what we do. Notice through thinking through the scenario and the questions here and digging deeper, the original question here was, how do I increase the value of our current customers, right? And so one would generally jump right to tactical. Oh, you could do this. Oh, you could do this. And those are all well and good. But where we got to with this question here was really rethinking who we're serving in the membership. And so in this scenario here, what I would do is I would focus all of my messaging, all of my content on that 70% level, quote unquote, audience, right? And they're already, it's the lowest churn rate. So by doing that, and you could still serve 
the you know the people who join the membership at that quote unquote lower level, if you will, you can still have the existing content in there, but your main focus shifts to that more advanced audience, if you will, that seventy percent of the overall uh, members, lowest churn, biggest cheerleaders. You know, they evangelize and they're out there like, holy cow, this membership is amazing. And you can increase the price. Again, not like huge increase, but you can increase the price very comfortably. And that's what this person said. Oh, I'm, I'm much more comfortable. I'm super comfortable increasing the price for that 70% because they're in more advanced audience. Well, boom, there you go. What this is going to do, my friends, is yeah, you're going to increase the value of current customers because you're focusing on quote unquote, your best customers, right? The portion of the audience that you really, really enjoy working with and you can increase the price slightly. So what that's going to do is absolutely it's going to increase the value of your current customers. What that's also going to do, increase your overall revenue. It's going to simplify your business because you're serving this one audience within. So it simplifies your content creation, your messaging, and you just get to speak to that audience. Now you're charging a higher rate. You're grandfathering in the people who are already in there at that rate. And what that's going to do is it's going to increase your revenue. It's going to increase your profit because you're bringing more members in because you're focused on that one audience and you're charging more. So notice how we got there. We didn't, I, I didn't go right in and say, oh, okay, you can do this tactic and this tactic and this tactic to test those to see if it increases the value. It's what this turned into is... Let's focus on the 80-20, if you will, in your business. And that is what's going to increase the customer value and increase profit and have a bigger impact. And by simplifying the business, my friend, this is going to, you're going to, it's going to require you to work fewer hours. Okay. Um, So I love that scenario. Okay. We're going to shift gears from membership to hiring. This is a very common conversation that we have. And so this situation, this person said, I'm torn between hiring locally or overseas. And I'm struggling with whether I can initially find one person to do everything or have m- multiple part-timers who you know specialize in different things. This person also said, I find it difficult to outsource when I'm not the best planner. How many of you can relate to that? Uh, This person says, a lot of my work always feels urgent, meaning I have an idea and I want to implement immediately. And I don't have time to wait for somebody else to pick it up, to understand it and do it. I'll just do it myself. I want you to raise your hand right now, unless you're, you know, at the gym doing whatever, or you're, you're in the car, right? Raise your hand right now or nod if this is all too familiar with how you think about bringing people onto your team. I know that for years, and frankly, it still comes up for me, and I really um, have become very aware of it, where everything feels urgent, whether it really truly is or not. And that is something that is a, 
that is a mark of anxiety, which is what something that I struggle with, right? It's like, oh, I have to fix this right now. And that's not always the case. Or my team, like, wait, let's just do this right now. That is not, you know, for 99% of the time, that that's not necessary. And so there's a lot of different things here that I, that I would dig into and that we dug into with this, okay? And so the first thing I would recommend in what would Rick do in this situation here is I'd make a list of what this person wants to be focusing on in the business and that drives the revenue. What does this person want to be focusing on? What lights them up? And what drives the revenue? Where is this person needed in order to drive revenue? List those things out, okay? And so that list is going to be shorter than the next list, which is everything else. What are all the other things that need to be done to run the business that don't fall under the things that this person wants to be focusing on and also those types of activities that are you know, revenue, revenue generators? Okay, so that's, that's the first thing. Since you have you have clarity on that, now we get to sort of move forward in through this question here. So this person said, "Well, I'm not the best planner." First of all, it's like I asked this person, "What is what exactly does that mean? You know, do you not put things into a calendar? Do you not map out you know how you're going to be welcoming people into your program? Whatever you know, what does that mean?" So we got clarity there, and. It's and and the reality of it, by the way, is this person is actually a planner, but doesn't. It's that last minute feeling of urgency in a lot of things that drives that belief that they're not a um, not a great planner. Okay, and so the simple solution to this, again, what I always encourage um, my students to 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 think about as well as what I want to encourage you all to think about is what would this look like if it were easy? Rather than think through all the different complications and you know trying to piece things together like a spider web, what would this look like if it were easy? Well, that's how we started talking about this for this situation. Okay, you're not the best planner? Well, you can hire somebody to do that for you. You can hire somebody to do the planning, to come in and organize the business and strategize and plan things out, okay? And so that's the second thing. This feeling of urgency and needing to get things done right away and coming up with an idea and not wanting to quote unquote, wait for somebody to implement it. So in that case there, well, I'll just do it myself, right? That's a very common, you know, I could just do it faster myself, it's probably true. That's probably accurate. But over the long haul of your business, it is not going to be um, faster to do it yourself because that stuff adds up and adds up. Okay. And so if you were to keep up with the feeling of everything is urgent, I have to take care of this right now. I'll just go do it myself. You're on a fast track to burnout. I have burned out, gone through burnout, probably... Um, close to three times over eight years. And it is not fun, right? You just don't, you just don't want to do anything. And you're like, ah, oh, let's just burn the business down sort of thing, right? And so it's, 
you you have to understand that keeping up with that pace is just not sustainable. And so that's really where it comes back to looking at your values for the business and how does it relate to how you're thinking about the business and how it relates to your values, right? So for example, this person wants complete freedom of schedule. They want to live, you know, very leisurely and have this amazing business support that lifestyle. Heck yes, right? And so what you get to do through aligning these values and how you make decisions in the business, well, every decision gets filtered through the values, okay? And so what you do is you align the work and you create the systems and processes for these values. And so that is exactly how I would approach this. I would align, the, I would make sure, number one, I've identified the values of you know, for myself and the business. And then, okay, what things need to happen in the business that drive revenue? What are those things that I want to be focusing on the business? And of those revenue generators, which of those need me? So then I get clear on those things. And then I know now all the other things that need to get off my plate, right? And so maybe it's one person who can do all those things. Probably not though. It's more likely, um, you know, a a few different people who can do, have different specialties in different areas, right? And, you know, this person said, I'm torn between hiring locally or overseas. And so you could, you could go either way, right? There's benefit, there's pros and cons to everything. You could completely hire, for example, a Filipino or a Filipina VA and um, get them to do, you know, hire full time and take a whole bunch of stuff off of your plate. Or if you wanted to go, um, you know, the um, North American route, you can go that route as well, part time. But the key thing here is understanding that you can hire people who can do things better than you can. And that's really hard as a CEO, as we transition into that optimized CEO role is understanding that, you know what, there's a lot of people out there who can do a whole bunch of things better than I can do it. And that's a good thing, right? We have to put our ego aside and be doing things for the best of the business and aligning with the lifestyle that we want to be creating. Remember, we are creating our business around our life, not our life around our business. Okay. And the last thing that uh, I would do in this situation and what I recommended for this person to do is because this person comes up with lots of ideas and stuff like that is to allow space in the schedule for that spontaneity, allow space in that, in your schedule to come up with ideas. And if you want to go implement something like, Hey, I just came up with this fun idea. I want to go do it. Go for it. Right. But it's about being intentional with that time um, so that you can go so that you can go and do that. Okay. All right. Two more scenarios here. I love doing, I'm really, I love this. What would Rick do? Um, uh, episodes here. If you're, if you're digging this, I'd love to hear from you. Um, shoot me an email, rick at rickmulready.com or shoot me an IG Instagram DM at Rick Mulready. I'd love to get your feedback. Do you like these kind of episodes? Um, the next scenario, the next question was, 
how do I get more podcast downloads? Okay. Um, great question. And one question that so many podcasters are asking here in 2021, because um, I actually don't know anybody. I mean, and there are plenty of people out there, but I've talked to so many people who have very successful podcasts. I've seen it myself, but 2021, there's been a decline in downloads. And there's a lot of different reasons for that, right? But you know, one of the things that we want to be doing is, okay, are we are there opportunities to grow the podcast that we are not taking advantage of? Okay. And I'm gonna do a whole episode about the types of things that I'm doing for this show here to kind of give you behind the scenes of um, how we're growing the podcast and trying to kickstart growth. We're gonna, I'm really excited about some of the things that we're doing. So the first strategy, if you've got a podcast or you have a YouTube channel, for example, is to get on other shows, be a guest on other podcasts, be a guest on other YouTube channels. Even if you're a podcaster, be a guest on YouTube channels. A lot of that's happening a lot more and more uh, here in 2021. As more people do and build their YouTube channels, hint, hint, I'm going to be doing that. Um, more details to come, but get on other podcasts. Find out where your audience is hanging out on, you know, what shows are they listening to? And uh, you want to create a strategy around adding value to uh, the person that you want to be on their show, right? Don't just reach out and just say, hey, I want to be on your show. I got an email last year, I think it was the end of 2020. It was from a person I'd met a few times, like I know of them. Um, and I got an email and I had talked to them in forever, right? I got an email that said, um, hey, Rick, I have a book coming out. I want to be on your show to promote it. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the forward and in, in the honesty, but it's like, dude, I haven't talked to you in forever, right? And it's like, well, have you done any research into how you can add value to my audience, to all of you listening right now, right? I don't take this lightly. I'm very protective of all of you. And so like, that is not the way to approach it, right? Do your research, um, you know, uh, lead with value first, okay? Even better, build the relationship as um, as much as you can. First and foremost, the 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 way I always the strategy I always recommend is talk to your peers, talk to your coaches, talk to your whomever mentor, whomever it is. Does somebody know? Can they provide an introduction for you um, to that person running the podcast? Okay, so that's number one. Get on other podcasts. Are you promoting your podcast to your email list, right? And I'm not talking just like a standard flat, um, you know, podcast email. Like add some, add some, um, some personality to it. That's something that we tested out, you know, at, at points this year as far as just sending out a kind of standard podcast email. And frankly, I didn't like it. Um, it just felt, felt kind of blah, <laughs> right? And so, but a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people like don't even email your email list uh, to let them know about a new episode, right? Um, another thing that you can do to get more podcast downloads is do video clips, right? If you are not video recording like I'm doing right now, with when you record your podcast, you absolutely should be. 
find the highlights or finally find the um, really valuable segments within your video portion of your podcast that are maybe, um, you know, I mean, you can, depending on where you're going to post it, you can find something that's a minute or up to two minutes long, which you can be putting on all the social media platforms, right? Obviously, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever it might be. Then you can be doing a little bit of longer clips, like so let's just say like four to six minutes that is talking about maybe one or two specific highlights um, of value from your podcast episode. And you can be putting that on, well, you can be putting that on like IGTV or something, but also YouTube. And then it's like, hey, for um, for to, if you want to watch or listen to the full episode, click over here, and then that can go to your uh, podcast-specific channel. That way you're playing nice with the YouTube algorithm, et cetera, et cetera, because you're keeping people on uh, on the platform. Okay, so video clips, getting on other podcasts, email lists, and then finally, I mean, there's a whole bunch of strategies here, right? I don't want to overwhelm you with too many. Um, and then you can also, you can be running ads to episodes, right? You want to run traffic ads, as your objective, and then you're optimizing for link clicks because you can't place the pixel on where you're sending people unless it's your own website. But you could literally send people directly to a podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can send people to uh, a YouTube clip on YouTube. You can send people to a specific episode on Spotify, that sort of thing. Um, And you can do it with video, And not only is that going to be helping to drive traffic, but also you're building video engagement audiences that you can then turn around and retarget. Okay. And so in a, what would Rick do scenario to get more podcast downloads, get on other podcasts, make sure that you're leveraging your email list, video clips. Uh, You can be running traffic, um, traffic objective ads to specific podcast episodes, right? There's a whole bunch more, but those are four really powerful things that I'd be doing to increase downloads for um, a podcast, okay? Now, the final situation, this goes back to hiring. And this person was having some struggles with the makeup of their um, of their team, right? Hiring a specific kind of assistant role and then looking at an existing role that they already had, somebody was in that role and are they in the right position? This is the whole right person, right seat or, you know, I have these seats I need filled in my, on, my, on my bus in my business, if you will. This is the whole um, good to great book. And then looking at the people you have on your team, right? Well, the exercise I always tell people when this sort of situation comes up is hypothetically wipe everything clean, okay? Wipe everything clean. You're not firing anybody, but you just wipe everything clean. And then what are all the roles and things that need to be done in the business? And you're prioritizing you know, obviously the revenue generating things, because if you're not making sales, you don't have a business, right? What are all the roles and what are all the things that need to be done? So start there. What are all the things that need to be done in the business? Start with your marketing system, your sales system, your fulfillment system. And then within those things, what are the roles that 
what those things, you know, what, what things that need to be done make up. And you might not know. That's okay. Once you've done that exercise, you're starting to sort of create an org chart at that point. The next thing you absolutely need to do, and I talked about it here on the podcast previously, is establish your values. If you've not established your values already for your business, it is a must. You cannot do any kind of hiring. You cannot make decisions in your business without having values that making those decisions, whether it's, do I enroll in this? Do I invest in this? Do I do whatever? Do I buy this um, software? Whatever it is, do I hire this person? through the lens of your values, right? So you've got to have your values straight. Then once you've identified uh, your values and the things that need to be done in your business and the roles that you've created, do you have anyone on your existing team who qualifies, quote unquote, as a good fit between your values and your existing needs? Do you have anybody that is a good fit? And From there, you get clarity on, okay, this is what I need done. Now, if you're on the smaller side of team, like I have a very small team, I have a, you know, we've got a big business, but a very small and really powerful team. Once we've identified values, what needs to get done in the business, the roles, et cetera, you are looking again through the lens of your values, first and foremost, do you have anybody on your team? that is a good fit based on the values and based on your existing needs, okay? For the people that you have on your team already, I'd be having a conversation with them to find out, are they enjoying what they're doing? Um, Is there something that they'd rather be doing instead or maybe like to be doing more of? These are conversations that so many of us CEOs don't have enough of, We just take for granted like, hey, I hired this person to do that. Do it, (laughs) right? I did that for a long time, not going to lie. But this is all about checking in, communicating with your team members, are making sure, again, that they're in the right place. Now, if they're not a fit for the business, that's a different story. But if they are a fit and you like them um, and what they're doing for the business, are they in the right role? And continuing to check in with, I don't mean every day, but you know, maybe it's like once a year or twice a year, maybe it's once a quarter. Okay. And so then what it is, it's you're setting clear expectations, goals, and ownership of that role. So once you've had that conversation or conversations with your existing members who are good fits for your business and you're getting them into the right role, now you're setting clear expectations with them, goals to be achieving what's expected of them in that role, and then you're giving them ownership. That means they own the result of what they're working on in the business. And then finally, once they've identified, oh, I want to hire like an executive assistant or something like that, write the job description, right? Um, I mentioned this person, Use the accelerator Facebook group to ask if anybody knows anybody looking for, looking for, uh, to join an amazing business. Also post that job and then you begin the hiring process. That's exactly how I would approach 
you know, trying to straighten out my team, if you will, and make sure that people are in the right spots or figuring out where do I need to hire? What things do I need to get off my plate? Um, et cetera, et cetera. And so there you have it, my friends. That is the first installment of what would Rick do here on the show, taking you through six different scenarios that are very common types of conversations that that we're often having. And so again, I love your feedback on this style of show um, or style of episode. Uh, shoot me an email, rick at rickmulready.com. Uh, DM me over on Instagram. I'm at Rick Mulready. And if you want to uh, submit something for me to, as one scenario within a What Would Rick Do episode, let me know. Shoot me an email. Send that one to support at rickmulready.com. So that way we can um, organize it and everything for um, you know potential upcoming episode. And uh, yeah, as always, super appreciate you for listening. Um, if you're interested in learning more and applying for my accelerator coaching program, go to rickmulready.com forward slash accelerator. You can kind of see by the level of conversations that we're having of the type of course creator and coach that we work with in Accelerator. This is a bit more advanced online entrepreneur. You're already making at least seven to 8K per month uh, in revenue from your online business. And you're looking to increase profit, increase impact with less hustle, right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling you're doing all the things in your business, if you're looking for better systems, better processes, better hiring practices, how do you grow your team, sales and marketing improvements, et cetera, then I would invite you to apply. So go to rickmulready.com forward slash accelerator. All right, my friends, super appreciate you as always for tuning in today. Thanks for coming to hang out. Until next time, be well, and I'll talk to you soon. the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators ad money i see these over and over and over again and i put them together in a mini email series this is not fluff each of the seven mistakes i also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of facebook ad manager how to fix those mistakes this is good solid and it will save you money or help you make more money with your facebook ads Click down in the show notes below, you'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.